0: And we are live once more on the little podcast known as Radio Contra, coming at you live, of course, from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the foothills of Rule, North Carolina. I, of course, am NC Scout, the number one best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to the Bouthing Radio. And uh, that book is still in Amazon's Top 1000, has been in Amazon's Top 1000 now, For two and a half months straight, and has absolutely no signs of slowing down. That is absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, I think that this audience, I always love to reach out to this audience and thank you for everything that you do, you know, because I don't think in conservative circles, libertarian circles, in the, the activism end of this, I don't think that enough hosts out there, enough content creators out there give the community the thanks that they deserve. Because if if we didn't have the community, none of this stuff would be possible. You know, I would be sitting here talking to myself, you know. And, and it's just such a unique dynamic that gets created between my voice and what we do and your ears, and the theater of the mind, as uh, the late great Art Bell used to put it, uh, the theater of the mind, and he was certainly someone who was very, very good at doing that, so I'll tell you, uh, you know, before we get into the meat of the episode, a little bit about Art Bell, since we're just uh, throwing it out there, Art Bell, for a lot of people who don't know, was a, a very avid Amateur radio operator, and uh, he, when he would record coast to coast AM, uh, of course, you know he he began in a recording studio, but eventually he moved to his home. He had uh, you know a pretty serious uh, case of agoraphobia. Uh, He he really loved being on air, but didn't really go out in public much. And, um, you know, kind of growing up in the 90s and catching Coast to Coast AM when I could uh, as, as a kid because you, you just, you're you not staying up much past midnight to hear uh, talk radio over the AM radio waves. Uh, but, you know, I, I would catch a lot of the greats back then when I was growing up on my, my little Grundig uh, shortwave radio that's sitting here on my desk that kind of reminds me of how far I've come in this interesting journey of life where it it pertains to radio and uh, you know my fascination with it as a kid and uh, Art Bell was so influential on the air he was so influential in the talk radio world he created an entire genre for himself I mean I don't, I don't even know what late-night talk radio even was before Art Bell. I, I don't even know if it was a thing. I'm sure that it was. I'm sure that it was. Uh, but, you know, what, it's just so fascinating to me. It's so fascinating to me. And the, the theater of the mind that he was able to create and the following that he garnered because of that, of being a true original. And uh, that is something that I am very, very proud of. To be experiencing, which is such an alien thing to me um, that, you know, I I get a lot of emails. And um, one thing that I always sought to avoid and kind of don't think highly of is cult of personality type deals. And, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of avoid that at all costs because we're all just humans. You know, we're all just people. And uh, we're, you know, we're normal people at the end of the day, and uh, you know, so I get, a, I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of emails, and currently, I'm, I'm fairly backlogged on it. I'm actually getting ready for a class right now, but I wanted to kick out a podcast, and last night, after the Sons of Liberty. Live concluded, and I was uh, getting everything ready to get uploaded. Which that one got a thousand downloads overnight. Overnight, thousand downloads. Podcast that kicked out yesterday, where I was talking about the overture and uh, and and um, uh, Victor Suvrov and uh, Spetsnaz and inside the aquarium and, and, you know, what, what Russia's next steps may be kind of a a view from the inside, so to speak. And that episode got 1.5 thousand downloads the last time I checked. And it hasn't even been 24 hours since it was recorded. That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. And those numbers by anyone's estimation is, is huge. Uh, It's absolutely huge. So it's no surprise that that when we're uh, shadow banned constantly, when, you know, uh, YouTube took great pains to try and uh, take me off the air there uh, to to take the channel down. I got two strikes in a row and was labeled. I I had a warning label on several episodes that were applied to it uh, saying that it was misinformation. Um, You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, they, they applied that label and then they took those episodes down. So, you know, I voluntarily just stopped engaging with it. Uh, So I see that a lot of people are uh, subscribing to YouTube because the channel is still up. Uh, The content is still there, but, um, the, the content that wasn't taken down is still there, but there are no new episodes that are going to be put up on YouTube. Um, there may be some video content that I produce in the near future that may go up. Uh, but primarily I'm going to be engaging on rumble and that's one of the things that, that we're moving towards, that we're going to be moving towards. Uh, so there's, there's a lot on the horizon, but circling back to Art Bell. So last night, once Sons of Liberty wrapped up and I was waiting for the content to download because it has to, uh, compress and, uh, there's a whole process to it. And then I, you know, I add, uh, the intro and the exit music, and uh, get it all uploaded, get everything formatted, and, and get it all up there. Uh, you know, that's kind of my decompression time, and it's it's a quiet time in my household. Uh, you know, it's, it's getting close to midnight at that time, and you know, I like to reflect on some of the greats, some of the people that I've drawn inspiration from uh, over the years, and so I, I for whatever reason last night, I just couldn't uh, think of anybody better to listen to than Art Bell. Than the the late, great Art Bell. And so, I was listening to his show that he produced after Coast to Coast AM. So, when when he left Coast to Coast AM and it was... Um, you know, I, I don't know what all the circumstances were there and, you know, corporate media, cumulus media and whoever else gets involved in it, you know, and, and the the corporate radio goons, uh, get involved in things and it becomes about a dollar and, um, you know, what's palatable, what's marketable. and, And they end up creating a product usually that is in some ways reflective of what, created the audience, created the uh, aura, created the legend, gave that product what it is, whatever it is, right the underground, whatever it was. And then of course the, the corporate entity comes in and they create something that is similar to it, close enough to it to where maybe your casual listeners will will you know, maybe they'll stick around, maybe they won't. it'll keep them satisfied. But at the end of the day, it sells advertisements. And so, you know, you ended up getting other folks who were coming in there who, you know, maybe weren't quite as good. Uh, or maybe, you know, in the case of, of the great John B. Wells, someone who is every bit as sharp and as engaging and as uh, the uh, creates the theater of the mind as the great Art Bell. And of course, he didn't stick around. You know, he he, he ended up getting pushed out because he was talking about things that were real. Uh, He was talking about things that that were a little too close to the truth. And uh, when you do that, when you tell the truth in the world, you're going to be censored. You have to expect it. You have to expect it. You're going to have people come after you. You're going to have people try and rip you off, try and diminish you, try to sully your name. You're going to have that happen. It comes with the territory. you got to roll with the punches. And so the mark of, of true character of a freedom fighter, whether that that fight is down in the trenches in a physical sense or it's engaging in the creation of, of a parallel culture, right, which, you know, with Brush Beater Training and Consulting, with AmericanPartisan.org, with Radio Contra, I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to fight this on all fronts. All right. So you have to expect that those things are going to happen, and they do, and they do, and you just roll with it. Um, you know, because mean words, mean words don't scare me. Uh, I've had I've had people try to kill me for most of my adult life, between two tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. You know, it's it it is what it is, but. Anyhow, I was listening to Art Bell's show that he did after Coast to Coast AM, and it was uh, Midnight on the Air, uh, or Midnight in the Desert, rather. Correction, Midnight in the Desert. And uh, Midnight in the Desert, he was uh, doing a a test episode. It was the very first episode, and uh, I just typed in Art Bell. Just, you know, whatever comes up for Art Bell, that's what I'm going to listen to. And Midnight in the Desert, first episode of Midnight in the Desert, was the first thing that popped up. And so I'm listening to it. And I'm listening to all of these callers. And one of the coolest things about that episode that I thought was really neat because he's on shortwave uh i remember when midnight in the desert first came out he was uh being carried by a couple of shortwave stations uh wtww which uh the great ted randall is the station engineer over there and and, uh, unfortunately wtww is now off the air uh, which i think is kind of tragic but he was the overnight host midnight in the desert. And I remember that first episode when it went up. And so he just invited callers to call in. And some of that was was absolute gold. And he, in that episode, said that that that's radio gold. When you have that unpredictability, when you have that engagement, that is the radio gold right there. And I couldn't agree more. You know, and it's little things. It's little things like that 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 we listen to. And it it tells me, as somebody who, who gets to engage with you uh, on a regular basis, on a very, very uh, solid interpersonal level, it tells me that that's someone who really, truly loved his audience and lived for his audience. And it was a reminder to me, which I, I'm reminded of this every day, but it was a reminder to me to thank your audience, to thank them, because I use the terms "we" a lot, and I every so often I'll get a question about that. So wait, well, what is what is "we"? Because who who is this "we" you're talking about? Because you know we're not really seeing a group of people. I mean, there's you, there's a few other writers for American Partisan. You know, you, you, you're kind of flying solo on, on a lot of this. So who is this we? It's us. It's the community. It's the audience. It's this group of patriots. It's this group of wonderful Americans out there. Canadians, Australians, Germans, the British. We have listeners all over the world. We have an audience all over the world. It's this great community. That's dedicated to human freedom. It's dedicated to the liberation of the mind. Railing against global enslavement. It's us. And so, I am a voice in that. There's a lot of other wonderful voices in that. A lot of other wonderful voices. And a lot of other great conduits of information who are far better than I am. But the fact that you take the time... To listen to this podcast, it's very, very special to me. It's very special to me. the The fact that you take the time to engage and to send emails and you've you've uh, bought this this book that I wrote uh, and have so many wonderful things to say about it uh, that that is such an incredible honor to me. And uh, for for everyone who's done that and, and who has made this the success that it is, again, I can't thank you enough. I really, really can't, uh, you know. So uh, I also want to take the opportunity to point out, since we're talking about the greats of radio, that it is two years ago today that marks the passing of probably the greatest radio show host of all time. And that was the one, the only, the often imitated but never replicated Rush Limbaugh died at 70 years old, two years ago today. And, uh, you know, I did an episode, of course it was back when, you know, nobody really knew what radio control was, uh, you know, did an episode and it got 200 downloads, 200. And I really thought that 200 downloads, man, that was something 200 downloads, for a short tribute to Rush Limbaugh, somebody that millions and millions of people listened to through that theater of the mind. And he, Limbaugh was able to rebrand conservatism for a modern era. And, you know, nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect and nothing ever will be. And when you're trying to find perfection, you will miss the point entirely. You won't see the forest for the trees. But conservatism in America today would not be where it is without Rush Limbaugh. Talk radio would not be where it is without Rush Limbaugh. The influence of podcasts like this one would not be what they are without Rush Limbaugh. So we have to pay tribute to him. It's not an option. And so the greats, the greats like Art Bell, greats like Rush Limbaugh, you know, that's, um, it's, it's really important for us to pay tribute to them and do that as regularly as possible, you know, because it's, it's critical to us, right? It's, it's, it's critical to the success of, of our movement. It's critical to understand the past, to honor those who, who are our forebear and to understand the history, the raw history. So anyhow, uh, with that said, moving on to some of the meat. So this podcast, this episode, I woke up this morning and, uh, woke up very, very early this morning and, uh, I've been getting up kind of early here lately between three and four in the morning which uh, I don't sleep a lot anyway. Um, I think that, that too much sleep is kind of kind of slothful. Uh, there are times where, where I kind of require that. Um, you know, I, I did at one point in time have a, a level 2 TBI, and sometimes I have to deal with the effects of that, uh, which requires a, a little bit more sleep. But generally speaking, I don't get more than, you know, four hours of sleep a night. Um, I think that that any more than that is is usually kind of slothful. Uh, it's just not it's not productive because I'm constantly thinking about productive things and so I woke up this morning early and I was singing last night uh, that it's been a while since I've done a technically oriented show since I've done a technically oriented podcast, something that is uh, giving some training notes. And, of course, you know, we have Lessons from the Farm, which uh, I haven't I haven't done any new episodes in a little while because I've been tasked out with other stuff. You can only do so many things well, and if I can't necessarily sit down and, and write out a script for Lessons from the Farm and do it in a productive way when I'm working on about five other tasks at any given time. Uh, so something has to take a back seat and, you know, unfortunately often enough that that's the one, but this, this podcast kind of began as, um, we, we dabbled in current events. We talked about current events and, and, you know, there was tips, tricks, pointers, uh, stuff having to do with radio and, and people are somewhat responsive to that, but, um, every once in a while, uh, dealing with, with listener questions, there's just been so much news that, that needs to get, uh, dove and into, um, that it's, it's critically important to, to focus on that, uh, which is why I've done so. But, uh, anyhow, with that said, you know, it's, it's been a little while since I've done a technically oriented episode and there's something that, a lot of people, as a result of the success of the book, a lot of people have reached out and have uh, asked questions regarding different things. because so There's a lot of conflicting information on the Internet. right? You know, the Internet uh, is both good and bad. There's a lot of great information that can be found. There's a lot of really terrible information that can be found. And... Unfortunately, in the year of our Lord, 2023, we tend to socially look at someone's follower count and kind of give that as a, uh, as a benchmark of their expertise. <laughs> and uh, that, that's problematic. Uh, that, that is problematic at best. So I get a lot of questions because, I mean, when, you know, you, you write a book that shoots up to number one and stays there and is in the you know, top thousand of Amazon, of all books on Amazon for as long as it has. And, and you know, that that book is dedicated solely to the bow thing. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of communications, knowledge that's in there, antennas, right, uh, working digitally over analog how to encrypt things. There's so much in there, right? There's so much in that book that applies to really any uh, radio system and and really the principles of which carry over to a lot of different applications. But, and, and I'll say too that that I explain a lot of that in the book as well. So if you haven't read it yet, uh, this first couple of chapters are really, really important for laying that foundation. But... Uh, a lot gets lost in translation, especially when people have a relatively short attention span and they just want the meat, right? I just want the meat. I don't want the fluff. I just want the meat. Tell me what I want to know. I just want to know how to how to do all the things, and I want to know how to do this, that, and the other, and I want to know how to do it really well, and I want to know how to do it now, right? Because that's what we're served with, and... That is one of the, uh, more caustic elements I see and have seen of social media over the years. And we're, we're not getting any better about it. So one of those then kind of begs the question of digital mobile radio. So, you know, the, the gun community is pretty circular, and it follows trends and, you know, there, there's uh, certain elements to it that, you know, I find pretty silly and just don't, uh, I don't care. You know, like the, the the trend in the gun community right now is, is retro rifles. So, you know, everybody wants to be running around with a, 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 a car 15 with a carrying handle on it, <laughs> you know, duct tape a mag light to it. You know, like you're, like you're a Delta operator in 1988, you know, like, all right. Um, Modern gunfighting has evolved to the point that it, it has become for a reason, All right? We've kind of distilled down elements to uh, certain weapons platforms to a specific way for a reason because they work. Okay, uh, you know, the, the, the AR-15 with a Picatinny rail and, uh, you know, a, a, a free-floated tubular handguard that, that fits over the gas system in the barrel exists for a reason, right? This, this is all because of distilled combat knowledge over a long period of time where we were actively engaged in combat. But because that's become passe right oh now now you have to kind of step out right you have to do other things and there's people who are discovering communications in this which is a great thing right that's a great thing however the problem that you run into is that when you have people who maybe have never done this professionally or maybe did do it professionally at some point in time but didn't get to the, the hierarchy to understand the big picture, they think only in buzzwords, right? And so this is qualitative terms versus quantitative terms. That's very problematic. So when people throw out things like encryption, right, or uh, frequency hopping, or, uh, you know, p- just pick one, right, pick one. A lot tends to get lost in translation, and when you have people who are advocating things that they don't fully understand, they only look for those buzzwords, and if it satisfies a certain set of buzzwords, then they're happy with it, and they're not willing to put in the work and actually see what some of the ins and outs and what some of the holes are that, that go along with it. You know, what are those Points of failure. What are those vulnerabilities, right? And one one of the very common ones out there right now is DMR. So digital mobile radio, uh, Motorola Moto Turbo, you know P twenty five, which is a child of that program. Uh, this it's been around since the nineties. Okay, let, let's let's establish some things. This isn't really uh, new technology, and there are people who are advocating using it as the one and done kind of end all solution to everything out there, right? That's very, very concerning, okay? Uh, it's not that DMR is particularly bad. Uh, digital mobile radio, Moto, moto Turbo, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uses time division multipath access or TDMA. That's how the, the protocol itself works and it is encryption capable. Okay. Uh, Specifically meaning that your voice traffic itself, it takes your voice, breaks it down into a narrow banded digital data stream, transmits it over the air, and it will encrypt what is carried along with that. However, there are some limitations to it. So people say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's AES-256, which is unbreakable, right? Um, is it, though? Is it? So the data stream itself may very well be based on the hexadecimal key that you upload into it, if you do that properly, and you have to do that through the software. Now, this feature is standard across all DMR radios um the anytones which are really really solid uh i have a couple of them they're great radios look i'm not knocking them at all okay um but understand that you know any tone Terra, high Terra, uh, high terra is kind of the 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 gucci one uh by a lot of folks out there the motorola xps radio series uh, which was designed mostly for public safety, um, can run Moto Turbo, can also run, uh, there are some units that run P25. I will tell you right now, stay away from P25. It is a stripped down version of DMR and it is, it, it has a lot of holes in it. Okay. It's only use or it's, it's only purpose for use is for channelizing emergency communications is an encryption capable quote unquote. Sure. Uh, sure. But it has a number of vulnerabilities, which are very well documented and very old, by the way. Uh, one of the, the well-known vulnerabilities of P25, and I'm not trying to give anybody too many ideas, uh, because, you know, we don't want to do that. But what I do want to tell you is, is to make you aware that there are holes in this system. Okay. Um, And that being said, like I said, I have high-end DMR equipment. I don't use it very often, but I do have it. I do have it. And it does have a purpose in the arsenal. But, so, quote-unquote, it's encryption capable. Okay, so it's encrypting your voice traffic, right? But... When we're over-reliant on that, we tend to want to talk too much. And I've seen a lot of people do this in class, whether that's a scout course, um, which is a small unit tactics course, which is coming up. Uh, both the scout and the recce course here in North Carolina are full, but I do have room in the course out in Wyoming. But people want to talk too much. They want to talk too much. They want to say too much over the radio. You don't need to be transmitting. right? Oh, but it's encrypted. So you can't understand what I'm saying. Yes, but you're not defeating physics. That's what you're not understanding. Okay, you're not defeating physics. You want to put a radio on your kit so that you look cool, so that you look like the guy that you like to watch on YouTube, whoever that is. So you want to look like the cover of your favorite cool guy magazine, right? You can pose for your pictures on, on Instagram or Arfcom or wherever else. But you're not understanding What the actual implementation of that technology really is. It's a problem. Okay. And it's a problem that's going to get people killed. So. Just because something's encrypted. You have to understand what the mechanism of that encryption even is. DMR is highly susceptible to side channel attacks. Don't know what those are. You might want to look into it. You might want to look into it. Also. There is a whole lot of metadata that is assigned to your radio and transmitted over the air every time you key up. When you program that radio, okay, if you took a DMR radio and you programmed it for amateur radio use, it's going to be loaded up with your call sign to where you can access the DMR network that is here in the United States and you can key up different nodes in different places and talk to people... uh, uh, a lot like uh, EchoLink, so uh, EchoLink repeaters. It's big in the amateur radio world. Same thing, right? Uh, Internet Radio Linking Protocol, or IRLP, right? That that is the basis for the way that uh, the system works. When you do that, there's a lot of metadata that is now attached to your name that is put out there, all right, along with your radio specific ID. This is a lot like an IMEI, right? International Mobile Equipment Identifier. Basically, the VIN number to your cell phone. Your DMR radio is going to have one of these as well. So that now fingerprints you. So if you program that radio and you say, well, you know, I, I put it just a, a random ID that I put in there. Yeah, it may very well be, but it is unique to your piece of equipment. That radio ID that you created, by the way, That's your MC number, your international mobile subscriber identity, like the SIM card in your cell phone. That's what you've now put into your radio. You have to put these pieces of data in in order to upload that hexadecimal key to enable the encryption. Oh, you didn't think about that, did you? Or maybe you did, and you just don't know what you don't know, right? So, this also doesn't encrypt your text messages. So the SMS messages that you're sending over the air, those aren't encrypted, all right? So if you want to be slick and you've got a clue about a clue, rather than pressing a button and talking, you're sending text messages, which is where you should be thinking, right? Bursts of data. Understand that you're now married to one specific mode in order to do that, DMR, which is highly recognizable, has its own signature, and is also transmitting your metadata out. So let's say, uh, circling back just, just a, a couple of minutes, the DMR network goes down, okay? Yeah, you're still operating peer-to-peer, and that's how I operate uh, when I'm utilizing DMR. When I teach DMR in the advanced RTO course, that's what we're utilizing. But understand that you're married to one specific digital mode. This begs the question of who your potential adversary is, okay? And I'll say this. If, if your adversary is Bubba out there and, and you're just not really too worried about him, it's, you know, Bubba with, with pickup trucks or, um, you know, some some gang coming out from the, the urban areas to, to shoot and loot and cause problems, they don't really pose a threat to your communications, Okay. This is known as threat modeling. They don't pose a threat to me. I don't really have to worry about them. Right? I'm, I'm not too concerned about their ability to intercept and exploit my communications. Because their method of attack is more a physical means. They don't really care about all that other stuff. They have a low level of sophistication. But let's say, moving down the, the uh, line a little bit, Let's say that now an adversary becomes a nation state, right? Because it may very well be. You may find yourself as an insurgent, right? We don't like to think about that, but yes, it is a reality, okay? It is a reality. We are moving to a very uh, scary time where government totalitarianism is certainly on the table. You have a whole segment of the political landscape out there very willing to call its opposition conservative, patriotic Americans, terrorists. They do this on a regular basis. You've got whole nation states out there who are ready, willing, and able to stomp the American patriot patriot out as well. Think about that. We killed a whole lot of members of ISIS because they were making use of DMR. They had graduated away from cell phones. They had went to creating their own peer-to-peer DMR networks. Madman Actual targeted these, right? So the episodes that I've done with him where we talked about that, we broke it down in detail. It really depends on your threat model, right? But understand that just because you're speaking in qualitative terms doesn't mean that the qualitative terms are necessarily going to be there. Okay? So, with that said, think of this as kind of a warning. Think of this as an understanding, so to speak. What is the answer then? Well, randomization. Randomize your patterns of life. Randomize what you're doing. Learn methods of physical encryption. Learn how to make use of all of the various digital modes that are out there. That are free, by the way. That don't have metadata, and a lot of it, that fingerprints you instantly attached to it. I talk about all of this in the Gorilla's Guide to the Baffling Radio which is the first book among several that I'm currently writing. It's a bestseller for a reason. I have a lot of special operators in the community that reach out to me and a lot of people in that community that have bought that book. It's for a reason. I wrote it for a reason. You know, so... (sighs) with that said folks i hope that that sheds a little bit of light it's a frequent question that i get uh from some very well-versed individuals who uh, are are really used to the conventional side communications and even maybe on the unconventional side but didn't specialize in this kind of thing and a lot of that institutional knowledge got lost over the years but we're going to bring it back folks we're going to be bringing that back we're going to bring back the old school Because a lot of those lessons are going to be dusted off as the uh, uncertainty begins to unfold in the world. We're getting into some very, very dangerous times. But I wanted to do an episode where I shed some light on that, where I broke down some of these things. And and don't think of this as a condemnation of DMR. All right, If if that were the case, then I would never suggest its use, which there are some uses for it. Uh, We cover those in class. There is a reason that I keep it around, and it depends on your threat model, okay? It really, really depends on your threat model out there. But I like redundancy in all systems, right? I like that ability to have options. I like the ability to use multiple different avenues of approach, right? Six ways in, 12 ways out. Our best weapons are our minds, And our ability to think our way through situations. Create new options. Create new avenues of approach. And also understand that what is the baseline of equipment. Among your working environment. What are people very likely to have? The high tech stuff. Probably not so much. They're going to have low tech. Figure out how to implement that. Figure out how to make best use of that. And above all else, folks, get out there and train. None of this stuff is any good if you're not putting it to solid use. Anyhow, get out there and do something great this weekend. I'm going to be teaching intelligence collection and physical tradecraft from the human intelligence end. I am very, very much looking forward to that, and I am getting ready to punch out. Get up there to that class. Meet up with a whole host of you out there, and have a hell of a good time doing it. Right after that, we're going to have Scout and a recce course, both of which are packed houses. Got a lot more on the calendar, brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Get out there. Get to training. Make it happen in the real world. God bless. And I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Sensei Scout, out.